Welcome to Frank Reactions, the podcast where we help you figure out how to strike the right balance between people and technology so that you can deliver consistently great and profitable customer experiences in this era of people shock. This is episode 125. Frank Reactions is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. As many of you know, I'm in the early phases of a 16-month world tour, during which I'll be looking at customer experience in various parts of the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, possibly elsewhere in Europe, Argentina, Peru, and, uh, fingers crossed, Australia. There are two implications of that for this podcast. The first is that I might not always be able to get the podcast out on its regular bi-weekly schedule. As I've already discovered, when you're traveling, even in big cities like Vancouver, you can find yourself trying to record interviews in spaces that just don't work. Today, for instance, I had hoped to bring you an interview with Don Romano, the president of Hyundai Canada, but we only got through about half the interview before the connection died for the third time and just couldn't be restored. I will still be bringing you that interview as he has very graciously agreed to try another time. And with luck, I'll have that for you for the next episode. And even when I've managed to do the recordings and edit them, sometimes when you're traveling, the internet connections just aren't good enough to be able to upload them. Now, if Frank Reactions were a corporate or otherwise really well-financed podcast, I'm sure that I could get extra technology that would make it feasible, even in remote locations, to upload large files. But I'm afraid that with the podcast's current revenue stream, that's just not justifiable. That said, if anyone out there listening works for a company that wants to boost its customer experience reputation by partnering with this podcast, let's talk. You can reach me at Tema, T-E, Amazon Marketing A, at frankreactions.com or call my cell, which is 1-780-222-6435. Enough for the sales plug. The second implication is that some episodes like this one, I'm just going to want to talk to you about some of what I'm seeing in the customer experience world as I travel. I've already got a few thoughts on that that I'll be discussing with you today. Before I get into that, just a quick word about the Alberta Podcast Network. Frank Reactions is part of that network because I really care about helping people learn new things and share ideas. And that is what good podcasting is all about. The Alberta Podcast Network has such a diverse mix of podcasts that there's something there for just about any topic that interests you, whether or not you live in Alberta. You can check out the other shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And while you're over there, please take a moment to fill in their quick listener survey. If you want to go straight to the survey, it's at albertapodcastnetwork.com forward slash survey. I'll repeat that at the end so it'll be fresh in your mind. Or maybe by then you'll be in a place where you can go and just go straight to that link right away. Since you listen to this podcast, I know that you know how important your views are to help the network improve the world of podcasting. So thank you for your time and effort. Now let's get into today's show. I'm going to share some of the CX highs and lows I've experienced over the past few weeks of travel. First, the company that we rented a temporary apartment through in Edmonton. 
their service sucked big time. We were paying top dollar, but it took repeated nagging to get basic things done. Things like getting the previous renters broken junk out of the closet, fixing the windows so that they could be opened and closed, setting things up so that we could actually buzz guests up to our apartment, and so on and so on. In fact, we paid in part for a gorgeous picture window view over the river valley, but the blinds stayed stuck halfway open, and in the six months that we were there, despite repeated requests, they never did get that fixed. So at one point, feeling super frustrated by their lack of response, I wrote an honest, detailed, and uh, I've got to admit, very critical review on Google and on their Facebook page. I was curious to see how they'd respond. Well, it took months for them to even notice. Don't make that mistake, guys. Your Facebook page can be set up to ping you if someone leaves a comment, and you should reply right away. Now, I'm not sure exactly how Google notifies listed companies about reviews. If you can't set it up for automatic notifications, you can at very least schedule a daily or at least a weekly check on it. If you just let reviews sit there and fester, you're going to do your reputation a lot of harm. So, when and why did they finally notice? Well, it was when I was pushing them to get our deposit back. They had decided they wanted to charge for a final cleaning, which we'd already done. I was frankly down on my hands and knees scrubbing those floors so they'd look good for the next tenant. So when I balked at that, they finally looked me up and basically then came to me and said, if I took down the review, we'd get our money back. If you're curious, I'm not going to mention their name right now, but if you email me, I'll tell you what company it is that you should be avoiding. Again, my email is temma at frankreactions.com. And once I've received and cashed that deposit check, I might just repost the comments. I didn't say that I'd take them down forever. And frankly, if you're blackmailing people to take down bad reviews, you don't really deserve to have them taken down. From Edmonton, we headed off to Canada's British Columbia wine country. The wineries in Naramata have totally figured out great customer experience. We visited several of them and didn't have one bad experience. And no, it's not that I tasted so much that I don't remember the experiences. Lessons from there, they all had friendly, welcoming, attentive staff, high quality food and drinks, and clean, beautiful properties. The overall experience was fantastic. When you're visiting a winery, it's not just about having wine that tastes good. It's about the total experience. Just like when you're staying at a resort, it's about the total experience, not just whether or not the beds are comfortable. I was also impressed while we were there by the sales clerk at a place called Peaches Lingerie in Penticton. We were wandering by on the street and a bathing suit in the window caught my eye, so we popped in. As I followed the clerk to find it in the racks, I commented on another suit I passed that looked good. And she said, that one probably won't fit you right, but let me bring you something else that you should try on. She had read me and my body size perfectly. The bathing suit that she brought me absolutely fit like a dream, and it looked fantastic. Never before in my life have I been able to try on only one bathing suit and have it look that good. Absolutely amazing. Customer experience lesson here, 
Hire good staff and train them well. Make sure they know the products and that they know how to read their customers. I don't exactly have a perfect bathing suit body. I'm short-waisted and a little on the heavy side. Things don't normally fit me. But she didn't waste my time with stuff that wouldn't work. Nor did she try to convince me to buy something that might have been more expensive, but wouldn't have suited me. I don't know whether or not she was on commission. She might have been. Since we are traveling so much, we've also spent a lot of time researching and booking places to stay, mostly on Airbnb and VRBO, although for really short stays, we do also look at things like Booking.com. I pretty much stopped using TripAdvisor a few years ago because I found that the reviews on Booking.com just seemed to be more reliable than those on TripAdvisor. I think, uh, at least then, there was a lot more gaming going on of the TripAdvisor reviews. So, among other things, we were looking for a place to stay for the three months that we're going to be in London, England. And London, as you can imagine, is hideously expensive as a place to rent. And we made it even worse because we were determined to be quite central. There were several rental agencies that actually do short-term furnished rentals in London, and several of them looked like they had some really great places at reasonable prices. <laughs> reasonable, of course, being defined by London standards, which is still pretty unreasonable in most of the world. Anyway, so I tried to contact a few of those agencies, and it honestly reminded me of trying to deal with rental agents in France eight years ago, which I've written about on the blog. I can put a link to that in the show notes. They often didn't provide email addresses. You had to fill in their forms instead. They were slow to reply, often taking several days or sometimes even weeks. And when they did reply, the answer was, oh, we don't do rentals until about six weeks beforehand. There will be lots of places to rent. Just contact us then, will you? Uh, no, I won't. Sure, there will be lots of places, but at what price and where? Knowing that we're going to be there during prime tourist season, we didn't want to gamble on a late reservation. The crazy thing was that we told these agents that we wanted to rent for three whole months, which is pretty good for a short-term rental. A couple of them eventually left me telephone messages instead of replying to my email. So, reminder lesson here, always reply in the medium the customer used to reach out to you. If you think that this conversation is going to need a phone call, you can suggest that in your first reply, but the reply should be in the medium they reached out to you with. Now, these agencies just don't seem to have realized that they live in the internet era. We, of course, ended up finding a lovely place on Airbnb. Perhaps it wasn't quite as nice and was a bit more expensive than some of the places that the agencies had listed, but this owner was willing to commit. In fact, I'd say she was downright thrilled to do the deal early. Several months after reaching out to the agencies, I've actually received a couple of phone calls from them asking if we're still looking for a place. Really? And my final customer service story of the day has to do with insurance. I've never been thrilled with my insurance broker, but I've stuck with them for years because it just seemed simpler than changing. When we sold our house last fall and moved most of our things into storage and rented a downtown apartment, it took a lot of calls and emails for them to really understand and get us what we needed. We also discovered after the fact that my electric bike was not insured to anything close to its actual value 
even though we had asked if we needed special coverage for our bikes and been told no. This time, it's even more complicated. We're no longer going to be tenants in Canada for the next eight months, although we will still be residents. But we do still need coverage for the goods that are in storage. Our expensive bikes will be stored at a friend's house. It would be nice if we could insure our laptops while we're traveling. They'll be with us. And our daughter will be getting to use the car while we're gone. So we need insurance for that. So this is not your standard plug-and-play insurance request. But the replies that I got from our broker made it clear she really wasn't looking at the full situation, and she wasn't listening to what I was telling her. Nor was she looking at our customer records, quite frankly. I had to be the one to tell her that we had taken out storage insurance through her company last fall. Some of the advice that she gave me was downright wrong, like saying that we'd have to have tenants insurance to keep the storage insurance. My new broker, I'll tell you more about that in a moment, who's at a different firm, checked with a few insurance companies and every one of them said that that wouldn't be valid given the length of our absence from Canada. The last straw that drove me to posting on Facebook for recommendations for a new broker was my old broker's final email, which from the tone of it made it pretty clear she no longer wanted our business. Okay, goodbye. Oh, and this morning, I got an email from their personal retention specialist saying, quote, just doing a quick review of your upcoming tenant insurance policy, and I did notice that there's no water coverage on your policy. If you would like, we can definitely add sewer backup and overland water coverage to your policy. The extra cost would be an additional $119 for the year. Please let me know if you wish to add this coverage to your policy or if you have any other questions. Personally, I'd say that review she did was a little too quick. Again, I had to be the one to tell her that we were no longer tenants and no, we didn't need sewer backup and overland water coverage. In fact, not sure that it would have made sense for us even living in the 19th floor apartment that we had been in. So, end result, I am switching insurance companies. And so far, I've got to say I've been very impressed by Seth Chartrand, at Challenge Insurance, who's working really hard to make sure that we get what we need at a good price. Thank you, Seth. Soon we hit the road again, headed back to Edmonton for my son's graduation, and then I'm off to speak in Las Vegas and to take my 87-year-old mother on a helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon, and then to Colorado for another conference And then finally, at the end of June, beginning of July, off to Sweden, where our real adventure begins. Before I finish off for today, I just wanted to give a little plug for the Edmonton Community Foundation. I do a lot of volunteer work in my community. And one of the things that I really love about Edmonton is that there's such a strong community spirit. It's helped along by the Edmonton Community Foundation which helps people who care, including those who really aren't rich, set up endowment funds that support important causes and cultural events that make the city the wonderful place that it is. Those endowments inspired the name of ECF's Well-Endowed podcast. This month's episode features interviews with two Olympians. Paralympian Nordic skier Brian McKeever shares his passion for skiing and what he's learned over the years from his family. And the other one is Jen Kish, who was the captain of Canada's women's 
Sevens rugby team for the Olympic Games in Rio in 2016, and she'll be sharing her thoughts on diversity and inclusion in sports. Also, um, if you are based in Edmonton, you can get tickets to see Jen speak at the Edmonton Public Library's Forward Thinking Speaker Series. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. I did say at the beginning that I would re-mention the address for the Alberta Podcast Network and its listener survey. That's albertapodcastnetwork.com forward slash survey. Pretty logical. That's it for today. I hope to be back with you again in two weeks, and I hope you'll forgive me if I'm not. To make sure that you don't miss an episode, even when I've got a less predictable schedule than I should, please subscribe to Frank Reactions in iTunes, or what they now call Apple Podcasts, or using your favorite podcasting app. That way, the episodes will be there waiting for you when they're ready. If you don't want to do that, please go to frankreactions.com and sign up for the Frank Ideas newsletter. You'll get updated whenever a new episode comes out. If you are going to be in Stockholm during the first week of July, or London from the second week of July to mid-October, please reach out to me. I would love to connect with you. Thank you, and have a wonderful couple of weeks. Bye.